sign should be and like when I should give it? No, we just usually wait for you to be like. We just kind of like let the thing roll and then we kind of generally just go into something and it's one of our little unique traits. You edit it too? You cut it all up? As little <laughs> as possible. Okay. We're low. Usually we're not. low budget. And yeah. This thing actually works pretty good. Sometimes I have to edit it a little bit depending on Well, human skin just didn't want to work for us, but... Yeah. We just throw the, the theme song so in there. are we actually recording now? Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> all right. That's about right, though. That's kind of how it works. Uh-huh. And our topics never stay. We're allowed to move. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've been but told then, that we shouldn't. Yeah. But we do anyway. But we do anyway. Because yeah. my dad listens to the show. Okay. And my dad's one criticism is always, you guys never stick to the topic. Like, just stick to the topic. It's hard to follow the paths that you guys take. But we don't listen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it works out pretty good. We get we get a pretty good crowd listening That's to us. That's why the name is Parababble. Yeah. What's the name? Parababble. Parababble. Oh. Parababble. Yeah. That's an interesting name for a podcast. Isn't it? Yep. So what I think we should do is we should go to a place that might have some paranormal stuff and maybe do a show from there. That's a great idea. <laughs> is that leading it too much? or? Too much. We just teleported there. Actually. We just teleported. Mm-hmm. So yeah. where are we today? We're not in the Parababble studio. No, we are actually out of the studio. So yep. where are we today? We're on Here. location. Ooh, on location. Yeah. This is a first for us. It's like a real, it's like a real deal. That's exciting. I'm excited. Are you? Yes. I have lots of questions. <laughs> oh, We wonderful. have an expert. We're going to have experts here today at some point. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so we are Parababble. Mm-hmm. I'm Jeff. I'm Allison. I'm Rob. And, and we have a very special guest. We have a, do we do? Yes. A guest or an expert? I think it's both. both. I'm going to go with both. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we're actually a guest to him. If you yeah, were on location. True. You like how that how that works itself out like, like that? Double guests. I know. It's awesome. So we are in Depew, New York, right? Yep. That would be the location. Um, for those of you that have never heard of Depew, it's near Buffalo. <laughs> and for those of you that have never heard of Buffalo, it's in western New York. <laughs> and we're not under snow currently. No, no. And we only have to say that because the show goes all over. And I always forget that there's people that are We're in, big in Africa. Well, maybe in not. Australia. Where are we big in? Australia, Africa, no, no. New England. You know what, yeah. Or New England. No, we UK. are in Australia. UK. It's the UK. United Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. That's the biggest. Well, I think our goal today should be to have maybe like some people from overseas fly in and come see our special guest today. Yeah. At this special location. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is Paranormal Oddities. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what my cue was here. Just spitballing. <laughs> well, yeah. thank you for having me, and you're very welcome to join this fine establishment. What is it about thirty-five thousand square feet? Would you say? Absolutely. Yeah, like yeah. Yes, we could give or take a warehouse. Yep. I we, think it's uh, it's as big as one of the Amazon warehouses. Actually, I agree. I mean, we have yeah. a special spacecraft put over there. Uh, aliens land. We have a. Bigfoot carcass over in that corner. Everything you can imagine. We have this huge warehouse. It's very discreet. (laughs) And you would probably drive right by it if you blinked. But it's that's the way it should be. So Joe Pieri is the owner of Paranormal Oddities. And we are super excited that you have agreed to be on this podcast. I know it's going to blow your mind to be sitting with the three geniuses that are us for the next hour or so. (laughs) Yeah. So... 
Joe, can you just explain a little bit about how you came about wanting to open the store and how that whole thing kind of happened? Sure. Uh, this has been on the table <coughs> for about three years, I'm going to say. Uh, it started back, oh my gosh, we were on vacation. Uh, my family and I were on vacation, and I was getting old and old and old. <laughs> and I worked for a company that was very demanding on the body. And I told my wife, if it ever comes down to it, and I can't do the job anymore, what should I do? And that's when the magic words flowed from my wife's mouth. And she said, well, you've always wanted to open the store. And that's when my, my blood started curling and bubbling. I was, had that thought in my head, oh my gosh, she's giving me the green light you finally for okay. the store. And it took about three years to actually... Uh, put together the research, uh, the business plan, uh, what I what did I expect out of it, what did I want to do with the store, and this past year at all. And you did came. some extensive research and classes and stuff yes. on how to I run a business. You just didn't throw it in head first and say, "Hey, I'm gonna fill up the store and like sell stuff because paranormal, you know that's." That's a 50-50 shot. I mean, so you gotta have you gotta have some business resource behind a little bit of that. And Absolutely, it's what's going on. It's a specialty store. It's something it that the average shopper doesn't go to. I'm not the average Walmart. You don't go, hey, you know, I'm honey on the way home. Would you stop and pick up a K2 at the Paranormal store? It's a specialty yep. store. It's a planned trip out. It's something that either you like or you don't like. Uh, it's <laughs> it's kind of funny because. Uh, I actually traveled many states to look at different parastores to get an idea. Uh, the volume that they moved, uh, the clientele, the look, what I was going to go for. And uh, I'm going to have to say that the number one influence for this store came out of Orlando in uh, Disney Springs. It's called the House of Blues. I modeled it after the House of Blues, the style, the look, the character of it. Uh, I actually played blues music in here when during store hours. Uh, it's just, it, it seemed to hit a note with me, and that was the style that I wanted. I wanted people to feel special when they came in the store. I wanted them to feel special, like I'm somewhere special. This is something that you don't see every day. And I think it worked. It, uh, I love coming here. Well, It's not a job to me. There is a need for something like this for all the paranormal uh, investigators or not even so much that. You can go medium. Psych- I mean, you have a place to congregate and swap stories and look into different um, you know, ways to go with stuff. You, it actually could be a meeting place, too. Absolutely, and that's part of the, the crossover yeah, on that. That's what we offer here. I mean, everything in the center of the store rolls back out deep into the warehouse. And we turned it into a large classroom. Area, right. Things like that. Yeah. So, what do you think sets your paranormal store apart from other paranormal stores? Uh, well, I think what sets it apart is that. <laughs> that's a great question. I, I don't want to. It's Joe. It's. Well, it's, we all know that, <laughs> but people outside of us don't know that. So. I think it's more of a, a passion. I have the passion for people. I love to talk paranormal. I love when people come through the door and they'll tell me a story that just wows me. 
I'm that type of person. I think that's what the store is. Like Jeff was saying, it's a hub. People mm -hmm. are, are coming here to tell their stories, not necessarily to buy something or to, to join up for an event. They just have somewhere to go to talk about it. Even these uh, personal cases that we're doing, they have a place to go. It's a storefront. They can walk in and tell me about their uh, uh, paranormal experiences that they're having in their home. I can ease, sometimes set their mind to ease and always tell them, you know what, here's my phone number, call me at any time, I can help you whenever I can. Well, it's also, it's, it's almost like a, um, what do I want to say, if, if people are having like some type of problem and they don't have answers or don't know where to go, if they come to you and just talk to you or do like shop talk, you meet a lot of people. Yes, you know a lot of people. There might be an avenue that you can give this person to go down or say, hey, you know what, I know this group does something here, I know um, this reverend does something here, or just whatever, this medium here. So, I mean, that's an excellent conduit for, you know, the paranormal field. It's like a big network. It is. And I look at this as maybe the center of it now, where people can come here and it always can branch out, divvy up everything, make sure the right people get to the right people. Oh, absolutely. If that makes any sense, but... Uh, and that was my main goal. I wanted people to come to a location to feel comfortable about talking about paranormal, the odd, the unusual. Because uh, most of the time, you get people that'll go to these uh, certain meetup groups and they'll talk about it there, but they don't get what they, they want out of it. And sometimes they need multiple visits. And like I always say, the coffee's always hot here. The water's always fresh, I think. <laughs> it's such a good point that you bring up because, um, you know, I feel like sometimes when you go to meetups, it's hard. You never really know, like, the expertise level of the people that you're talking to or what their experiences have been. And I still think there's a lot of judgment when people come out and want to talk about their paranormal experiences. You know, there's still a lot of stigma attached to that, even though it's so popular mm -hmm. compared to how it was when most of us first got involved. So it's really... It's really admirable that you've got, like, this open-door policy. You know, like, anybody is welcome and anybody can come at any time. And, you know, you're a resource for the community. So, in looking at that, how do you think running a paranormal group all these years has kind of helped you with that aspect of your store? It's taught me what to do and what not to do. <laughs> it's experience. A lot of experience. Uh... As we know, the paranormal world is like walking on eggshells. It's very fragile. Uh, it's moody. Really? What? <laughs> We're in the wrong group, guys. But, <laughs> but that's, you know, I learned to, you know, look at different views. I never judge. That's not who I am. I don't want to judge. If someone comes in with something, I listen to it. Even if I disagree, I still respect their discussion. And it's it's happening. I mean, you can always learn something from somebody, even if if you have a total disagreement for a half an hour conversation, and you take thirty seconds that something catches your ear, then that's a whole you know absolutely that's adding another little you know piece to the the history of learning this this field. What is the group that you run? Ah, well, there's 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 three. I our main group is Paranormal Crossroads Live. That one is basically the specialty of taking people who cannot do the paranormal into a haunted location via a live broadcast. We make it interactive. We try to take them 
the comfort of their own home and put them in a haunted location. But it, again, it's the safety of their own home. Mm-hmm. They don't have to worry about you know cold weather, rainy weather, or ghosts following them home or anything like that. Uh, the second group is our private group. It's the same people, just a different badge goes on. Uh, that's Black Tie Paranormal. It's a discreet team, no flashy, no uniforms, no nothing. Uh, then we use that for residentials, someone who wants us to be very discreet. Even to the point of bringing in gear. Our gear is not stored in regular boxes. We have a Labatt's Blue Light box. Nice. <laughs> and it makes it look like we're going to a party. Uh, we have a picnic basket. Things like that so it doesn't throw people off in the neighborhood if something's going on. And the third one is a production company. I like to make small documentaries. I like to make small films, shoot commercials, and that's uh, Crossroads Productions. And again, some of the same people help me. And we try to do the... (laughs) I should say, (laughs) we try is the key word, make it look professional, but we, we do our best. Matter of fact, I think you guys were in that first one crossing a line that I think is cursed. The <laughs> film that's been cursed since day one. But it's still on the table. It's still there, and we're still cutting it up and trying to make things work. Well, two things here um, that the listeners might not know is we have a history. We go back pretty far. How, how many years have we been friends with Joe here? Long time. 300 years. Yeah. 300 years. <laughs> Which and is we, really rare in the paranormal. Right, and we've, and, and to stay friends that long is even even more rare. Yeah. So we've crossed paths many times, and we've gone on hunts together, and we've confided back and forth, and we used to have a little um, get-together group like every Tuesday or Thursday, and we'd sit down and everyone participate. So we have a good history with you and understanding you know, the type of person you are. The other thing I wanted to say is that whole live idea. You know, a lot of people take it, you, you would take it, you go to a haunted place and you, oh, I'm just going to post it to go live. But you bring an interesting, you know, scenario into my head that there are a lot of people that have gone on ghost hunts, but there's still a lot of people who are afraid to step out and put themselves in a dark room that could possibly be haunted because of the fear, you know, and... It's almost like that Sunday sermon on TV that everyone watches. You can't leave, but it's on TV. You can watch it, and you can you can you can go from that experience. And probably, you've probably turned a few heads along the way, saying, "Oh, you know what? Maybe it isn't. Maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. You know, maybe there's something else to it. It's not just a. It's just not icing. You know, you go a little deeper than that. Exactly. So, and it's fun. <clears throat> I mean, the live broadcasting when we started back, my first broadcast that I decided to do live was, I think it was December 28th, 2010. That was the first one. I did it alone one. I decided to conquer a haunted location alone. And the setup I had was just huge. I mean, you're talking multiple monitors, uh, retrieving uh, internet, signing up with a network in order to broadcast live. And then today, it's just as simple as going to your phone and clicking a live button on it in how far we've come mm-hmm. uh, it's to me it's just mind blowing within seven years can you imagine another seven years what it'll be like maybe a hologram type of yeah, investigation nice? a 3D version of it 
We talk about that all the time, you know, just the amount of equipment that we used to bring compared to what we bring now. <laughs> physical know. downsides of it all. Yeah, just, you know, awesome. reels of cable and mm -hmm. just all kinds of things that now would seem so obsolete, but, you know, we couldn't imagine not having them couple, years ago. A couple of phones for cameras. Yep. So and away you go. <laughs> Joe, the store is really, really impressive, and um, if people wanted to get in touch with you to learn more about what you offer through the store, how would they do that? I would start on Facebook. I do have a website coming out. I've had some issues with it. It should be up by the end of January. I'm, I'm shooting for that. It's yeah, Hopefully, it'll be up by the end of January. There were some bugs in there we had to get rid of. But uh, I would start off by Facebook. Okay. Go right to my Facebook. It's the same thing, Paranormal Oddities. And is Facebook new? Is new. You know what? I just found out about it last week. Facebook. Okay. You okay. know, it's something neat. I mean, it's, I it's, it's a little better than MySpace, right? What? I heard only college kids can get on it or something. Oh. Uh, okay. I'm going to have yeah. to check this out. It's Facebook. Yeah. I think it's called Facebook, okay. right? FB for short, maybe? Uh, it's possible. Okay. Isn't that green <laughs> with the purple F or something Some, like that? Something yeah. Like that? I don't know. I, I forgot I, what it was like. Yeah. It's new to me. and. <laughs> But it's not addicting at all because it's like a social thing you got to keep up with in order to maintain it. Or you're a nobody. Yeah, and especially when you own a business. See? And you got to every day sit down there. No chains involved to it. None. <laughs> so when the website goes up, people will be able to order stuff from no matter where they are? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of trying to stay away from online ordering for one reason. Uh, I did it the first week. And 50% of the product disappeared. Yeah, I don't know if it was just a bad week, <laughs> but 50% of the product never made it. Wow, that's and pretty crazy. Yeah, it was. Out of about 150 items shipped, about 70 are still missing. Wow. And people claim they didn't get them, they didn't, no one knows where they are, and maybe it's the shipper, which I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> He's but in the back room. He's somewhere. in the back room. Yeah. About a half a mile back there. You got to take the a go kart back there. Yes. Yeah. It's right next to the UFO parked in the corner there. And I think Sasquatch is helping today back there a little bit. That could so. be the issue. Yeah, yeah you he could trust, be. You, know? you can't trust him. Yeah, you, you don't feed him his beef jerky and his Snickers. <laughs> he's he's all unhappy. Over his ribs. <laughs> he's very unhappy. But you learn. That's part of the field. Union's involved. You know, it gets ugly. So you have a lot of, I would say, you know, the typical kind of things that people that are into the paranormal are going to look for. You've got a lot yes. of the equipment and, you know, that sort of stuff. What do you think are more of the unique items that aren't typical for a store like this? Uh, I'm going to say my spirit boxes. Okay. Yeah, I like them. They're custom. Uh, they're not the fancy, ancient-looking boxes. They're simplicity to do the job you want it to do. And for people that might not necessarily know what that is, can you just kind of give us a little bit about what the function of it is and what sure. the purpose is? Uh, an SBE is spirit box enhancers. It takes one of your hack shack radios that you use to communicate with spirit, and it enhances your session by eliminating radio stations, uh, the chatter of the of the box where you get that constant mm -hmm. ch -ch -ch that eliminates that. It eliminates... The unwanted voices, where now what you're doing is that you've basically downsized the range of the hertz and the frequency where you're not picking up, you know, 100% radio. There's still about 25% radio in there, but it's very minimum. Okay. And then you hear the voices that are hidden behind it better. And it actually seems to work because my technique is to use a certain word, which we use as pickle, 
because you don't usually hear that on the radio unless mm-hmm. you repeat the word pickle, and then you know you have someone, something, and it seems to answer back. Pickle, 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 and we know we have one or two or three in there. We'll start asking questions. Sessions last about four minutes, then it dissipates, but you can bring them back. That seems to be what we're clocking it at right now. Uh, it's I know there's all different types of versions out there. They're all incredible devices. I go for the simplicity. Uh, as you can see, one of mine is just inside of a box. Mm-hmm. It resembles somewhat of a Frank's box, but mine's more of a modern case box. Uh, I want it to be affordable. because Some of these prices are very ex- high and extreme. And Absolutely. Well, they're ca- they're definitely that. cashing in on the newbies in the business yes. that are, are, are coming into um, ghost hunting. So we've all seen it through the years how once it, like anything, it gets popular or there's yep. a big fad. Yep. You know, Shows up on a TV show? It shows up on a TV show. That thing's going, whoever's inventing that stuff or whoever's got the rights to it, they're cashing in. They're done. Yeah. You know? So do you make a certain number of them and put them in the store until they get sold? Do people contact you if they want one specifically? How does it typically work? Uh, usually I put them in the store, and it's first come, first serve, a certain amount in the store, but I do have an order list, too. I so if I wanted one that had, like, unicorn horns and glitter, you'd make it for me? I would make it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to find those unicorn horns. Can I have some of that material off the UFO back if there? I had, if I had a Absolutely. spirit box kind, I mean, you guys know me. You know yeah. what it would have to look like, right? I mean, yeah. I can see it already. Sparkly and shiny. <laughs> and we'll probably think it's an orb when we record it sitting there. <laughs> but wouldn't everything be attracted to that? Like, who wouldn't want to come over and Ooh, talk to that Ooh, what's this? Box, yeah, right? every ghost is ADH. custom-made. <laughs> custom-made to your liking, I I think I'm going to have to get on that list, Joe. I will put you. We have all different types of models up there, and you can (laughs) select. I mean, I do have one model that's the number one. It produces, and it's just out of this world. And is that a very simplistic version? It is very simple. It's called the Parapurse, because it looks like a purse. It's, uh, It's the one... Hidden back there with the little skull. Now, is that man friendly? I mean, do uh, I have to strap bag. with that? It's Put a man, man bag, bag with it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because uh, you know, sometimes you got to look fashionable when hunting. You know, it's we actually shot a little commercial of it, and uh, we actually had a white one with a pedazzed belt mm-hmm. for a handle, and it was all. And we put someone in the supermarket, and they're walking around saying, what did I need today? And the box would come out, you need corn! <laughs> and stuff like that. We actually shot a little snippet of that, and it came out pretty good. Uh, it was fun to do. There's other ones that we do have the jet black one, more of the manly mm-hmm. one, you know, the brown leather belt. It gives you that to match the eyeliner that all the paranormal too. investigators oh, yeah. wear. I mean, I okay. stocked that back there, too. We, we yeah. do have eyeliner. Oh, yes. It's paranormal eyeliner. It's a different paranormal. Eyeliner. We charge it with EMF and stack. <laughs> so, on average, how long do you think they take you to build? Uh, availability of parts. Mm-hmm. There's only certain parts I will put into the device. Uh, I don't waver. I I say I stay on course just because what we have works. I mean, I'll try something else, but usually I'll get the same results. And some of the products getting tougher to find because certain companies and corporations don't want to be associated with paranormal. Right. I'm not going to name them, but you'll see a line of radios that have been removed from yep. the market. I've named them before, so. <laughs> yeah, we go everywhere. And that is one of my favorite pieces of equipment to use is the, the hack shack. You know, yeah. I feel like you always get really neat and interesting things with it. 
and um, we use trigger words too so that we know Absolutely. but usually we ask the, you know we ask for curses and things like that <laughs> things you wouldn't normally hear right. on the radio yep. you know because and you I'll be honest sure. this will curse at you oh, yeah. it will call you the dirtiest names you can ever imagine and you just sit there and on and you say why but yep. again that's to me is validation mm -hmm. that it's not a radio yeah. station unless it's What's his name? The guy from New York, Howard Stern. Yeah, you won't have to. That's or it's less, you know, big Chuck's coming by in the truck on a CB or something. Yes. You know, you're, you know, yeah. You but knock all those frequencies out. It's fun. It's they're fun to build. They're they're getting easier to build because some of the equipment that companies are making are making it easier, where you don't have to add all this weight onto it because it's everything's built into the unit itself. So now you just have to modify it. Mm -hmm. to do what you wanted to do. I'm sure, again, the corporation that I'm putting any names don't want me to say that, but there's one that's just... The stickler. Yeah, it's perfect for what I want done. And I'm always playing, trying different versions. And again, the cost to me is to keep it as low as possible. I'm not going to go and charge what other people... Well, that's it, because you can, you can pretty much pop up any website that's selling para, uh, paranormal stuff and you know you're easily starting out if you want anything decent at 150 and up yeah. if you want the little trinket stuff and laser lights and stuff like that for 20 bucks great but if you want a piece of equipment that's decent you're gonna pay for it over the coals yep you know and it's you know I mean, you go from anywhere from like IR lights to different types of cameras and mm -hmm. there's it's not necessary. I mean, there was a, I'm not trying to advertise here, but again, uh, I just put together a camera kit. And the price that I was selling it for, someone was just selling a camera for. Mm -hmm. And it's not the little small GoPro deals. Mm -hmm. It's a handheld camera. It's a nice, it shoots in HD. I put IR lights with it, rechargeable batteries with it, tripod, a sandbag. You, know, you guys ever used a sandbag to put the cameras down on? Drop a sandbag, plop it in there, it holds it just the way you want it. I add that, and also I throw like a Pelican case in. And it's one kit, and I advertise it for one week, and all ten were gone. And now I just ordered a second batch of it to make them again. And it's just, I want it affordable. That's the key. Because, I'm not, again, there's certain websites, they can do what they want. Right. But... I'm not going down that route. Right. But it's also it's a business, too. And let's face it, if you're going to do quality work and you can keep the price affordable, you yep. know what? People are going to come to you. Yep. You know, basic economics. And that goes back to you're putting the time, the effort, you know, and your experience of being in the field going, ah, crap, this doesn't work the way. I, what can I do to the, change this or modify it? And that's pretty much how I viewed you when it comes to, like, doing all the electronics and things. You take a lot of different things and ideas that you might work with, and you've been modifying for years now. Oh, yeah. And that's that's great because someone's actually taken the time to do that without going, okay, I can make a fortune here. You know, yeah. I can I, I can cash it in, and I'm going away for a couple of weeks and just let it run. Which yeah. I mean, again, there's nothing wrong. That's part of capitalism. If that's what they're hard yeah. set for, it's just I just hope the consumer is educated to say, wait a minute, i got to do my homework and know exactly what I want. I try to guide the people. I get newbies coming in. I tell them you don't need the top gear. Start small. See how you like it. Get used to that. Get your technique down. And then you can add your case. It doesn't have to be built in one day. Mm -mm. 
I always tell them, you know, keep it smaller because you got to remember your setup time of getting the gear ready versus your investigation time. So if you're going to go to a public event, you're going to dish out X amount of dollars versus X amount of time. How do you want to spend your time? Unpacking, putting together, changing batteries, doing that, or do you want to be in the field investigating? That usually, ding. It's like a click and go. You just want to set it up, be done. Go to work. And you got to, you know, also you're taking it take into account here is that when you go to a public event a lot of times you have to go through a half an hour to 45 minute tour of what's going on because like you said there might be a lot of newbies in there there and the experienced people in there that have might have wanted to get in here before but this is the way they're going to go you know it's make it easy make it simple for everybody sometimes yep that's what we've all encountered with our ghost hunting we've started out with Stacking up the equipment, and then, okay, we're back down to simplistic. Yep. Get in, say hi to the owners, get a brief history, take our cameras, our pens, pencils, whatever we do, and we go. But I also think you should learn, right? You should learn some of the equipment and know what's going on, and go through that little phase, but well, not yeah. Yeah. go bankrupt doing it. Yes. I mean, I think it's important to, to keep up on the tech, and I think that's a hard thing, too, because the tech is constantly evolving. So, you know, as a paranormal investigator, if you're out there and you're, you know, trying to stay on top of it, sometimes it's hard to weed through what's the latest and greatest and what's actually legitimate. And I think one of the great things about you, Joe, is that you're accessible to people. So if you build something and someone buys it from you and they have questions about it, you're going to be there to be able to be a resource for them. And I think about, like, some of the equipment that we've bought through the years where we didn't have a person to go back to and say, what, you know, this is not really working out right for us. Or, Cambodia wasn't answering the yeah, emails. Yeah, you know, you think it's coming from California, and really it's coming from China first and then into California yep, yep. and things like that. So it's hard, and I think that if you can buy from someone who's local and who, you know, has a good reputation in the business like you do, that it just makes it that much easier for people. I appreciate that. And that's part of the motto. I always said that it's a small store with a big heart. Mm-hmm. And I live by that. If you're going to buy something, even if you didn't buy it from me, bring it in. I'm going to see what I can do for you. I'll see if I can get it to work right, or I can show you how to use it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's always kind of set you apart, and one of the reasons why we probably have so much respect for you is because I remember meetups like way, way back years ago where, you know, you and Rob would be, like, sitting in a corner somewhere together and be like, hey, Rob, did you see this? Like, look at this. And Rob would be like, wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing this. And it was always, like, a sharing of ideas, which is so rare in the paranormal field. Normally people are very much, like, the mind. This is mine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they don't like to share. And they don't like to be open. So it's just, it's so refreshing to be able to have relationships with people that aren't so focused on... Well, I have it, and I'm not going to, you yeah. know, I'm not going to give you the upper hand and let you know what I'm doing. Exactly. You've always been really, really open with everyone. The field itself should be more collaboration Supportive instead of each other. Like the mine, mine, mine. It, Absolutely. It's something that needs to grow, or else we're never going to have respect in this field. You're never going to get that classification of paranormal research. You're just going to have. The bitterness, the arguments, the mind. Do you don't know what you're doing? This and that. And you look at any other. Let's just take the science field. I hate to you know mix it because I don't think it is a science. We're basically in a theory. Uh, they work together. They have their little experiments and then they share it. Mm-hmm. This is what we're getting. Mm-hmm. It's taught. It's taught down to the younger groups so they don't make the same mistakes we made. And that's just how it grows. 
and that's I don't see it in this field as much as I would like to, but hopefully by getting to the younger ones first, we can change that. Starting with the next generation, telling them, listen, we've already been there. This is what our mistakes. Learn from them. Take this approach. Share your data. Expand this field and see what you can do with it. And, you know, again, it's the first contact, I always say, for these young ones. Yeah. You guys are legit. You're one of the best groups out there, one of the elder groups out there. Meaning you guys are around. We're now, I know. I know. I mean, yeah. I just turned 29, and I'm feeling <laughs> Right. You're right behind us. <laughs> but it's just, it's, you don't see that anymore. You don't see the, uh, not saying the anchor stores, like the anchor groups that have been around, that hopefully these young guys will go and just pick the brains a little bit and say, what can I do better? Right. And that's why another thing, I mean, I have the paranormal classes here just because I want to give them the correct not way of doing things, the correct way to handle things. If someone comes to you and asks for help in either equipment or knowledge, give it to them. Mm-hmm. Work together. There should be no hiding of it. That's what we've so, always said. You know, through our, our lectures and our classes, it's always that we're not the experts, you know, because there are no experts. No. We can just tell you what, what we've been able to learn, what not to do, what works for us, you know, but take it and make it your own. And I think that that's the most important thing for people to take away from this is that there is no right way and wrong way of doing things. Like, there are definitely better practices, you know, and there are things that, you know, you have to be responsible for, especially when you're dealing with clients and things like that. But for the most part, it's still a very unproven field in a lot of ways, and we have to kind of keep that in mind. I have a question to that. Uh, you have I a thought, question? Yeah, I thought, like, <laughs> <laughs> I thought after, like, 10 years, we were considered experts. <laughs> So no, no, I don't not. think we're ever going to be experts. I'm te- you're oh, tenured. man, I'm in the wrong group. No, <laughs> well, and then the group splinters. <laughs> I mean, look at what we're just trying to put together. So we want to do this. We've been talking for a while now, Joe, about this um, Holzer Invitational. We want to do a Holzer Invitational. Now we have to, might have to explain so that a little So what bit. we want to do is we want to go to a place that we know has activity. We know that there's undisputable proof that this place has you know, got something going on. And we want to break it up into two teams. And one team can use all the tech that's out there and everything that's available. And then we want the other team to use no tech. And just use, like, your dowsing rods, your pendulums, you know, your pen and your paper. And we want to come back at the end of the night and compare the results. Huh. And see if the tech matches up with, yeah. you know, the, the normal Listening. reactions you get from your body and the things that happen. Or if they're completely different. Because we're always looking for that correlation of evidence, well, you know, to have two things together at the same time is going to just lend even more credence that there's actually something happening. Yeah. For I those given a listen who are younger, who haven't really maybe investigated the history of ghost hunting, you said Holzer Invitational. Who is Holzer? Hans Holzer. Yes, Hans Holzer. Hans. Yes. Tomato, tomato. Yes. <laughs> you should listen to the episode, Hans Holzer. Yeah. Hans. Hans, 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 Hans. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think for me, he's always been like a role model for the field. And um, I think that that's a kind of an interesting question to maybe put to Joe, too. Like, who do you think are the role models out there? Are there any when it comes I, to <laughs> Hans, Hans. I'm still over there. Hans, Hans. <laughs> he's definitely, you know, to me. he's one of these, you know, I'm mean, going to hate to use the word godfather, but that's, he's one of them. Uh, Tesla is another one. Tesla, to me, 
was very close back in 1920s mm-hmm. of doing something that I think a lot of people, we would have been 100% different today if he was had the time to accomplish what he needed. Um, he was this close of cracking the spirit communications. Look at the Tesla coil. Mm-hmm. Simplicity of something like that. And I don't know if you, there, there's a show on TV, the Tesla. Yeah, you, I've been watching great. it. Great. Mm-hmm. I mean, Declassified. I studying this guy, and I just, I just admire everything he did. He didn't. I mean, he was a pen and paper guy. Write it down. I'm the same way. I'm the guy who wakes up in the middle of the night, has a pad next to the bed with the pen, because that's when I get my ideas. I wake up, and I need to write, and I don't sleep much because of that. My brain is like a, uh, just mm-hmm. keeps going and going and going. But my wife always says, what did you write last night? You were up for 20 minutes at the edge of the bed with your little pen. <laughs> you go back to bed. I don't know. Well, I have to read the notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm writing, I'm writing, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this might. Uh, so I, I can understand how, uh, how uh, I mean, Hans was the same way. Hans, he was, he was good. He had the help of, I think, with the Tesla and everything like that that came perform, just like we have. His ideas we can apply mm-hmm. today, uh, but Tesla's number one in my heart. There's something about his theory, just with power and energy. He believed everything had something to do with vibrations and energy, and we still do today. I mean, when you think about it, we're constantly feeding the entities with what static energy, mm-hmm. stuff like that, trying to get the communications. This box is the same thing as this Tesla coil, but it has a little more fancier. Mm-hmm buttons and and you just took you just it's funny the way you took that the Hans Holzer is very um <laughs> take a picture let's write it down take notes what am I hearing listening to the client sitting in the house very low tech and then you go to the Tesla end this guy's high end all the way I mean he, he's using electricity he's using every trick in the book that you know you're like he's inventing the tricks. <laughs> yeah, the I mean that there there that are, yeah. there it is. You know, you balance the balance in and all this. I just think this. if it actually had time to come together. Yeah, and I think that's what we need. Like you were saying, you have the high tech, and then you have the people with the pendulums. You guys come together. I mean, that's brilliant when you think about it. The meetings of the minds coming together like that. It only can benefit this field. It only can make it stronger. And I think that's that's kind of the point that we're at. It's like when you've been doing this for a while, um, you know, you kind of have to keep looking at those things that keep you interested, that keep, you know, the passion going. Because, I mean, let's face it, there's only so many haunted places you can investigate before you're like, yeah, okay, this is cool, and I'm really glad to be here, but this isn't anything I haven't seen before kind of a thing. So to have the, you know, ability to just keep trying to, you know, go forward with where can I take this? What can I do with it? And the one thing that people always ask us about is like that indisputable proof. When do you think you're going to get it? Will you ever get it? And I've seen so many awesome examples of activity from the tech end of it, you know, through EVPs or through video or through photo or whatever it is that people just immediately are like, nah, it's not nothing. It's this, you know, it's, it's missed from whatever. It's a shadow from, you know, they're so quick to dismiss it. Mm -hmm. And I think that it makes it harder if you can document that at exactly that same time, somebody else in that area felt this, or they had an experience that correlates with the hard evidence that you have. Like, in in order for it to be indisputable, it's going to have to be something that 
is going to be experienced on just a bigger scale than one piece of, of yeah. evidence. You're right. You're absolutely right. I agree you think we'll ever get there? You think we'll ever get that I, piece I of evidence? I don't think we're going to see it in our lifetime. Uh, I'm hope. I always say to the future generation, I think you can crack the code. By me saying that, it's it's being able to make people believe, like, okay, there's indisputable, meaning I can control the situation. Like, if we were sitting right now, I'm going to have a ghost sit at the end of the table. That's going to tell us maybe three or four sentences, and it's going to go. To me, I think the next generation can do something like that. There is a way. We're getting closer, though. Did you notice it's a little bit easier now to talk to them? Those EVPs are coming through better than they were 10 years ago. I'm having easier luck gaining an EVP than I did 10 years ago. You would have to work an area for 25, 30 minutes just to get some type of hit. Within five minutes, if it's there, it's going to start to talk to you. I'm finding it easier because of the repeat locations that I go to. I time my sessions until I get my first EVP. And it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Um, do you think that has something to do with you? Or do you think possible. it has, let's go to a bigger picture, do you think that's something to do with you on an individual basis or anybody on an individual basis? Or is that just the millions of people that have been pounding on that veil saying, hey, come down here, talk yeah. to us? Well, one of them is very still fresh. It hasn't been investigated very little. Uh, I think it's what I'm offering it. More types of energy. I think static energy. I'm going to base everything around static energy. I think that's my finding is the number one feed for paranormal. If you give them the energy, you give them the vibrations to communicate, you give them the signal, you're going to get a better response. Uh I use high pitch bells to call it in, follow the vibrations. A singing bowl, I'll hit a singing bowl or a chime where it's real high pitch and it'll vibrate and you can hear it. It actually comes in towards the bell. And I'll continue to do an EVP session afterwards and you'll get the voices. And they'll be very active. And then you supply them with any type of static energy uh, a balloon. A star foam cup is all. I'm dating myself now. The star foam cup there. About 30, 35? Rub it on your hand until it sticks to your hand, shake it, and boom. When the entity comes by, it's going to pull that cup. It's going to suck that energy out of that cup. You're going to see that cup start to roll like crazy. So, I, would you, I, sitting here talking to you and us knowing you, would you say you lean more heavily on the tech side of thing or the spirituality I'm gonna side? I'm going to have to say tech. I'm. Forever. That's where you're going to hold yeah. hold your... Don't get me wrong. I, I believe I do have not a special gift, but I have something that I can sense when they're coming. I've learned to control it over the years. Uh, it's opened up a little bit more, mm-hmm. which I don't know if I want it or not, I because I'm more of the data. I want my pen and paper. I want my readouts. I want everything that I can lay across the table and say, okay, this is my conclusion. But when I start to feel it, I know it's there, and I'm like, oh, well, I know it's here, but I just can't prove it. It's hard to show that. And I'm not claiming to be a medium, far right, from right. it. It's just that I think I have this sense where my body lets me know. 
and it seems to be accurate pretty much because when I get that feeling I'll hit the voice recorder just to confirm it and I'll get it. And that's a that's a good thing to have too because um, Allison has taught me a lot in a way of being in tune when you walk into uh, a room or a building, just going around with her and just kind of focusing in and using your body as a tool. And I think a lot of ghost hunters investigators might not use that as much they might rely on the tool or this or that to pull it and not just put it down now i'm saying you're seasoned though yeah well i was just going to say it takes some practice right and you're initially fear that like adrenaline and fear is the same as people mistake that for there being something there because they're walking in and they're already amped up and they're already like Oh yeah, I can feel it. No, no, that's just you. I feel you right now. Like, stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I mean, I think it's just, it's a matter of, it's like a tool. I mean, you when you get a new piece of equipment, you have to learn how to use it. You have yes. to experiment with it. You have to, you know, learn its parameters. You have to, you know, know how it functions. And it's the same thing with your body. And I think, I mean, I don't claim to have any, you know, otherworldly uh, abilities either. But I think that everybody has that. And I always tell everyone, it's just, it's like a muscle. If you work it out, you're going to get better at it and better at it and better at it. And I, one thing that I always talk about that I'm really glad is that our team has that good balance. You know, we have like the tech side where people are really in tune with the tech. And then we have the other side where people are maybe a little more open to experimenting with what it feels like. Right. And I do think that that's, it gives you an interesting investigation, you know. Because you could put the data against what. Right one person might have felt when they walked in the room and that recorder or what spirit box or whatever is going and you're pulling up oh this is on the same line here what's going on i mean that's what you call the a team a professional team though it's the new england patriots of football here he (laughs) goes have a (laughs) well-balanced team (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying i'm a patriots fan no we totally get it they have what you need to win yeah it's tough to get that mixed. All the pieces. It is. It's a chess game. You build it and you play the game. And if you lose a piece, it's tough to get it back. It's tough to work it when you lose something. And it's the same thing with the team member. If you're used to working with team members and all of a sudden one decides, okay, I'm, I'm done, I think I'm going to move on, there's a void you have to fill because you either relied on them. Mm-hmm. It was not a tool, but it was your comfort zone or it's something... Like you were saying, I use the word medium a lot. And then you have the tech and you mix it. You lose one or the other, the team's limping. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It throw the whole dynamic of the group and the investigation. Absolutely. It's like starting all over yeah. again. Well, it's funny because we're talking about this, and this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you. I don't often get to talk to people who run groups, especially well-established groups. Um, just because there's not a lot of us really left anymore. And so what do you think is maybe some of the most, you know, your biggest challenges with running a group? It's keeping everyone happy. Yeah. <laughs> that I is a hate big to challenge. say that. It's, it's <laughs> not showing favoritism, which I never do. But sometimes it looks like you're projecting that, but in reality you're not. And it's to keep the peace. You have multiple personalities, uh, especially if the team grows a little bit larger, it gets harder. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's getting bigger. you got to position the pieces where they're going to work the best for you. 
and it's like running a business. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's extremely hard to do that. And it's I always walking on eggshells, making sure everyone is happy. This is in line. We know what we're doing. The game plan's in place. And by the time you go out on the investigation, you're you're exhausted. Yeah, a lot, I I can relate because I feel like a lot of times, you know, because you're you're the the founder of the group that people are constantly just kind of waiting around for you to do things. And there's not always a lot of initiative taken by other members of the team. And I'm not talking about you guys. It's our cue for us to leave. Stop it. I'm talking in general. (laughs) I mean, these are things that we've all talked about. Yeah, we've all discussed You know, and when there's big decisions (laughs) to be made, you know, maybe somebody's personality isn't quite fitting right. And, you know, it kind of comes onto your shoulders to be the the person that has to deal with that. Yeah. And... Sometimes it's all right. Sometimes it sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> and the feelings get hurt. I'm going to be honest with you. We've had turmoil in our team. I think every team has had it. Mm-hmm. Uh, people get hurt, and that's the last thing I want to do is have someone walk away saying, I, I feel hurt. I feel I'm not wanted. And I always tell them, it's never the case. Never the case. And, I, and people always say, oh, you're the fearless leader. I'm not the leader. I always say, I'm the guy that put this team together. It takes every single one of us to run this team. It's not an individual thing. People always say, well, can I go? Can I go? I'm always saying, if you want to go, it's always open to go. I always want to keep that balance. But I always tell them, listen, if you're doing paranormal 100% a day, you don't have balance in your life. You have family, you have your job, you have everything. Keep that balance. Once it starts tilting towards paranormal and you become an obsessive, wait a minute, is that my life right now? Could be. <laughs> no. But <laughs> you're fine. I think I'm over the edge. Looking around. No, you're no. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I always try to instill that in the, into people. And I always tell them, if you feel that your time has come where you want to move on, I'm going to support you. I'm going to help you build if you want to do your own team. I'm 100% behind that. I'll get you locations. I'll get you equipment if you need it. I'll get you whatever you need to make it happen. And, again, other people get bitter. I mean, I'm guilty. There's been previous clashing that I step back and I say, okay, I forgive. I don't hold grudges. I'm never going to do that anymore. I'm done with that. Uh this is a big teddy bear now, you know. I get a beard, and I just, I just want people to enjoy the. But that, that comes with years of experience too, and it's like anything. If if you do a little reflective searching, your ultimate goal would be in life as a person to grow as a human and have your soul grow and your spirit spirituality grow. You'd have to take some of that which you've learned by growing and understand, you know, the diameter, the, uh, you know, the whole thing that you're working with and say, okay, you know what, maybe eight years ago, I might've thrown a red flag up and said, oh, that's bullshit. But as you go along and you, you take these hits, negative and positive, because there's always good times, but there's always those, it's like, like you said, anything else that goes on, it's a, it's a whole business, it's this, it's that. You should be learning from that. If you're growing as a team, you should know everybody's. What am I trying to say? Like they're like what they can bring to the table, what they're best at in this group, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, we do see things that happen where they might not be the right fit, or it might be a block 
when you're you know really needing that not to be blocked you need that all everybody on the same page everybody knows what they're doing and you grow together yep. i mean it's just it i think i think back when i first started uh i might have known it all or a lot of it and i was really eager no no yeah 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 me eager what are we doing what are we doing wait, wait, wait. can we go here um you you learn you see it you know you work with you have to be somewhat of a people person yeah. to make this oh. work Absolutely. right rob that's right thank you for chiming in and we're trying to quiet you down no well and i think about it too it's like i think it's pretty rare i mean you have some of the same people in your group that you started the group with right yes. I mean, that is, like, crazy to me, to, you know, to think about that. And I think that it makes you, you know, even stronger because you've been able to grow and change with those couple of people throughout, you know, the time that you've been doing it. Like, I look at my relationship, like, with Rob and how long we've known each other through this and how much I've seen him grow and change and, and evolve. And it's just, it's a neat thing to be able to have that experience with people through the years. Even though you have to, you know, always try to bring new people in and we're always about education and giving people opportunities and you know we've picked up some people along the way that have stuck it out for a couple of years some people that haven't lasted a couple of months Mm -hmm. and I think it just you have to keep trying even though it's hard because you you become vulnerable when you let a new person in you know And, and you have to you don't fully trust them yet you don't know them well enough you know if something really hits the fan are are they gonna have my back I hope so you know and you know way more now than you did when you started 10 years ago mm-hmm. and some of the situations that you've gone into now you probably wouldn't feel comfortable going into those situations without people you knew you could trust 100% absolutely and I think people always you know they kind of get a little sketched when they're like oh you know I want to start coming to investigations and I want to you know get involved with you guys and it's like okay just pump the brakes because I have to see how that feels you have to take the, the adrenaline know? and the excitement away a little bit and and it's tough to do because when we all got in this, we were all excited about this. You know, meeting new people. Hey, let's go find ghosts. Ah, cool. And as you, like you said, as you get older, you can see the person coming at you. They're like totally excited. They want to do this. They want to do that. But you have to kind of separate that a little bit and say, look, I get it. We've all been there. All right. So what, what, where are you going to fit into this big picture once this adrenaline rush comes down? You know, people, I'll do history, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do it, you know, so, breathe. <laughs> Ghosts aren't going around anywhere, they've been here for millions of years, we're okay. <laughs> Just breathe. <laughs> so, Joe, what are some of the other things that you do at the shop besides just sell a lot of different kinds of paranormal equipment and oddities? Uh, we have classes here. I do teach the Paranormal 101. It's for new people who have never done it. I show them uh, the basics how to use equipment, how to prepare yourself for everything, uh, even how to dress. I hate to say it. The key is to be comfortable, to be mobile. Uh, don't wear colognes or anything like that. High heels? I'm out. Don't go to a mighty taco beforehand, anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, I mean, still have fun for your event, but I teach them this is what you're going to be up against. You're going to be in a cold, dark most likely damp place and you're going to be around other people you're going to have to have patience in the beginning as the night goes on it does weather away and you have more freedoms and be able to do more and more how to gather data how to use a voice recorder properly place it position it hold it if you want to hold it Uh, 
K2s. How to use a K2, you don't wave it around, you either place it. Uh, Mel meters are meant to be stationary. You don't carry a Mel, you place it because it has to calibrate itself to the location. Uh, certain things. And I teach them old school. You can't afford the equipment, doesn't mean you can't ghost hunt. Right. Walk in with a couple styrofoam cups, good compass, pad and paper, and your cell phone has voice recorders. You can, if you have a cell phone, you can get yourself a free voice recorder. And actually, if they want to talk, they'll talk. They'll talk. That's right. Absolutely. And it's just simple things like that. Uh, the etiquette. How to do an EVP session. How to be respectful for other investigators. Uh, someone's doing an EVP session, don't jump in in the middle of it. If they're going somewhere and they're getting a response, let them continue with their steps. Don't jump in and say, what's your favorite color? Throw everything in. There goes that vibe out the window. And I always tell them vibrations have everything to do with it. If the person's got a connection, it's focusing. It means you don't have the same data. You have your voice recorder going. Let it go and see what they... It doesn't matter who asks the questions, I always say. It's the end result. What was the answer? What did you get out of it? Maybe you can build yourself an archive. Uh, to keep journals, write everything down. Simple as, you know, I don't push my journals, but if they want the journal, it's there. A pan of paper, the front page, where you're going, who's going to be there, conditions, everything. Back page, your findings. Next page, same thing. Flip it over. And then 10 years down the road, you can refer back to it. Oh, my God, I remember the same thing happened last time I was there. I remember all this. It makes sense. And then your grandchildren won't think you're crazy. <laughs> they have something to read about you. Now, your classes fill up pretty quick. Yes, uh, I am blessed. I really am. Uh, the classes fill. We now, do have events, too. How long would it typically run? An hour, hour and a half. No, uh, is it one evening, or is uh, it a, a, it's a, a couple weeks, a series? Uh, okay. It depends. I leave it up to them how far they want to go. Uh, the 101, we have the mid-advance, and then the advance. And usually the advance, I'll take them to a location get them out in the field itself and we'll actually put what we learned to the test it's small groups no more than eight i keep it small the classes yeah so i can't fit them in this huge warehouse here but uh well you didn't leave enough for off you know i know well, bigfoot, just, he gets you know old, bigfoot you gets know. moody and he likes to run do laps i gotta keep it small <laughs> and uh so on the show we've always kind of said that you know most of us like give credit to where the credit is due is you know we've gotten into this field because of things like ghost hunters and taps and and things like that i mean i i think it's made people think like anybody could do it you know but this generation doesn't have that same kind of experience that we did to get to get us they have zach bagans no they don't even have that anymore are they off the tv now (laughs) they canceled I, I don't know. I was asking. You don't know. <laughs> Here we go. No, I don't know. I think there's still. I still re- record new episodes. I think. But I think for the most part, the shows have kind of gone to the wayside <laughs> as far as how to get people involved. Yeah. So what? I mean, when you're doing your 101s, what do you think is bringing people back into the field? Because I think for us, we're seeing like the opposite of that—that that people are becoming less and less interested and less involved. So what are, what are the kinds of things that people are, are saying that are bringing them to the field? Personal experiences is number one. I've had this experience. I've experienced this when I was a child. I want to know more about it. I find it fascinating. Uh, TV, still the, the shows. I hate to say it's it. Medium. It's the shows. It's a blessing and a curse. It is. It's, uh, yeah, it is. You it's, learn what you see, and then you know everything. Yep. That's not true. Throw them out in the field and see what happens. 
I'm sorry. That's a little. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a, I'm a little punch happy on that one because we've had this discussion on our shows before. Yeah. You know how how is this new generation learning? Oh, okay. They're learning from YouTube. They're learning from this. Oh, the flashiness. Oh, look at this guy. He's building this cool, cool piece of equipment. Got to have it. There's laser light dots of humans. You need stick figures everywhere. You're not learn. You're not learning from the basics, though. You're not learning. Yeah. You have to somehow start at the foundation. bottom. You need that foundation to mm-hmm. build, and then, and then go and get crazy if you yeah. want. But don't. Yeah, it's I. It's a whole society. I always tell them the first thing I tell them is your equipment should not succeed a Kleenex box. Whatever fits inside that little Kleenex box is all you're going to need. So don't bring nothing but that. What size Kleenex boxes are we it talking about? It depends. You go the jumbo size. I like the single <laughs> ones. I'm always the single ones. Just put what you can in there, and it should never exceed that when you're starting. Don't go out and buy this because it looks cool with the lights. Because if you don't know what it represents, you don't know how to use it, you're going to waste your money. You're mm-hmm. going to get discouraged. Yep. You're going to put it away and try to sell it on eBay or whatever, and you're going to get discouraged and never going to want to do it again. I always tell them, give it time. Learn. Learn from people out there. Pick their brains. I said, that's the best thing you can do. If you know someone's been an investigator for a while, buy a coffee one night. Say, you want to meet up Tim Hortons? Pick the brain. Well, that's a good one. Not Zach Bacon's. <laughs> but Wow. It happens everywhere with you. It's okay. I mean, I'm not bashing Zach. Zach's got his style. There's nothing wrong with his style. Well. Because <laughs> he's going for a different avenue. He does get some data. I can't say it's legit or it's not. It's... For exactly. the viewer to judge, to make their own conclusion at the end of the show, what's real, what's not. Uh, I just don't like how he treats his people sometimes on the show. I just feel he has lack of respect of everyone around him. Now, is that wrong? Maybe that's just his style. That's the way he was raised. And Bad edit job. It's the biggest problem facing the paranormal field in general. What is? Ego. And Ego? that's what I'm seeing out there is yeah. the so-called leaders and founders are talking to their people like that. I want you to go in the basement. You're going to do this. And you're going to... And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. That's not how you... So usually I'm like, I'll go to the basement. And then I have three or four people that follow along. And I'm like... Couldn't get away. Sometimes I like to be in the basement by myself. That's why you just got to wander and not say anything to anybody like I do. (laughs) Rob fades away. But I do think that there's a lot to be said about having somebody that's such an ambassador for the field... You know, for yeah. you to be doing what you're doing and, you know, giving that good information and being a resource, you know, to everybody that, that wants it. So if people are local, Joe, where is the store? Where can they come? Is there a phone number? How do they get a hold of you? <coughs> I know we said Facebook, but just for, you know, our local people. Uh, I'm in Depew, New York. Uh, it's 5798 Transit Road. It's between Walden and George Urban. It's right next to an Italian restaurant, <laughs> right across from the old camera store. It's a little yellow building. It looks small from the outside, but when you come in, it's about 35,000 square feet, as I always say. But uh, it's, I'm going to say the telephone, I mean, basically hit Facebook. It'll give you all directions there. Everything is linked up to that. Hopefully the website again will be up. Uh, The phone number you can always reach me at is uh, (laughs) 716-288-9392. I always forget my own number. Go figure. (laughs) I have to make a jingle on that one. Uh, give me a call. It's uh, Tuesday through Friday, twelve to eight. Saturday, ten to four. Sunday and Monday is family. Or Sunday and Mondays are family time. I don't like to. I still at the store, 
but uh, I do my paperwork, but I like to keep those two days open for mm-hmm. the family time. But uh, don't get me wrong. If I'm here, I'm opening the door. You come by. If I'm here, I'm going to open the door and let you in. I have one question before we go because our time's running short. If I was to take you out of the paranormal field and you knew nothing about it, and I asked you, do you think the paranormal field or ghost hunting is a fad, what would you say? Uh, I, w- I, would, I would disagree. I don't think it is. I think history proves that. Even some religions, the Holy Spirit. Okay. Uh, if you read some of the Bible, even the tarot cards are in there. There's reason. There's history behind it. Uh, not saying everyone thinks the same way, but uh, I'm going to say 35% of society accepts it today. There's still a strong belief. Don't get me wrong. I get my casual yells right. out the window going by. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah I mean I, again the next generation is going to have a little bit easier but then again it's going to be a little bit tougher because I think the pressure is going to be on them just to start producing a little bit are we the Christopher Columbuses? maybe I mean Hans is probably the original Chris and you go back to Tesla mm-hmm. is probably the founder of basically of what we're doing uh, but uh, I still think we're in the boat. We're still sailing around looking for that solid piece of land to put our feet on. And, God, I would love to see it before I cross over. Because when I do, have your voice recorders ready. Because I'm going to let you <laughs> Always know have everything going. <laughs> what's over there. How to contact. We've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Kleenex box. It is. It is. What? <laughs> you blow your nose. That's an EVP session. <laughs> Well, Joe, we're really glad that you uh, took the time to tell us about your awesome store here, Thank Paranormal you. Oddities, and um, we're really glad that it's in the community and that it can be used as a resource and that, you know, somebody as cool as you is running it. So I'm, I want to get on the list, make sure that I get my, my unicorn glitter spirit box. <laughs> I will. Um, <laughs> I will I'll find that unicorn. And I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk to you, and uh, hopefully we can you know, start to bring some more listeners to the new and interesting things that I'm sure you're going to keep bringing to the store. I appreciate it. I really do. It's it's an honor to have you here. You're definitely the one of the elites or the elite in the field in West New York, and uh, I look up to each and every one of you. Well, we appreciate that. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Now that we're all blushing. Okay. Right, Rob? Especially right. you. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that, that'll wrap up uh, this Parababble episode. Yep. yep. We'll have to... Uh, move on to uh, other experiences. Yes, we'll, we'll try not to bring any more episodes like Things Made Out of Human Skin for a while. Yeah, we promise. Yeah, <sighs> we'll do better. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but this is uh, <clears throat> Allison, Jeff, and Rob, and we are Parababble. You can reach us at... At Parababble on everything. Facebook, uh, Parababble, Twitter, Twitter MySpace. Oh, uh, um, Parababble Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you can oh, yeah. send all of your hate mail for this Human Skin episode. You're still, you're still gonna go down that route. Yeah. Still, it's not as it was. I think it was better than our uh, forensic human, cleaning forensic cleaning episode. Yeah. I mean, that's so us up. We, we, you know, we, Jeff over here had a brilliant idea, <laughs> two and I'm not gonna ideas. two brilliant ideas. One of them, I'm uh, both of them getting laced for, but that's okay. I had a brilliant idea of doing forensic cleaning because I was driving by a crime scene one day, and I said, "What do they do after?" 
how do they clean this up? And I did a little investigative work in what they get into it. And I kind of pushed it a little bit with these guys, and reluctantly we did it. And it's, uh, yeah, I never hear the end of it. So everyone needs to listen to all of it. But it's, you know. It's like episode two. Episode. Well, no. after 50 something shows, they can't all be gems. This is. I think this is the 60s now. <laughs> yeah. But. So that's Parababble. That's Joe, Paranormal Oddities. And uh, I think that's going to be a wrap for us, guys. What do you think? I think so. Super duper. See you later.